Thus let a man regard us as ministers of Christ and dispensers of the mysteries of God. Words taken from today's epistle, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. How many sacraments can a man receive in his lifetime? As many as seven. How many must he receive in his lifetime to inherit eternal life if he is prevented from receiving the others? Just one. How many sacraments does the Church have need of to survive in any particular region or mission territory? Just two. Allow me to explain. The Holy Eucharist we know is the greatest of all the sacraments, and it is, as St. Thomas says, the center of all the sacraments. All the sacraments signify, contain, and confer the grace of Christ, but the Eucharist is Christ himself, really, truly, and substantially present. The other sacraments are oriented toward the Eucharist. Baptism exists so that we may receive the Eucharist, the true foretaste of eternal life. Confirmation exists so that we may boldly profess our faith in the Eucharist and have the courage to approach it when we are tempted to discouragement or the courage to stay away from it when we know we must first go to confession. Penis exists so that we may return to the Eucharist if we have barred ourselves from it by sin. Two of the sacraments, although they too are oriented toward the real body of Christ, exist also for the building up of the mystical body. That is, they exist to increase and to govern the number of persons on earth who are united under our true head, the real body of Christ. And we find that there have been times in history when the Church has survived in certain territories with just two sacraments. One that allowed people to begin the life of grace, and another which allowed those new Christians to increase and multiply. After the expulsion of all Westerners from Japan, Japanese Christians, bereft of all church hierarchy, survived for generations on just two sacraments. The only two which they, as lay people, could validly confer, baptism and matrimony. These sacraments were celebrated without any solemn ceremony, for the poor Christians did not have the one other sacrament which would have made this solemn celebration possible. The sacrament of holy orders makes possible the full Christian life here below. Thanks to holy orders, a man is solemnly baptized and confirmed and receives the true body of Christ. He receives forgiveness for his mortal sins committed after baptism and receives healing from spiritual and even physical sickness by extreme unction. By the solemn witness of a priest, he can celebrate the sacrament of matrimony and seal his vow by assistance at the nuptial mass. But if he becomes a widower, 
or, as is far more common, if he never marries at all, he can become a priest. We are now reaching the close of the penitential season of Advent. During this time, the solemn celebration of matrimony is prohibited. The Church will not celebrate with pomp and splendor the union of earthly bride and groom during this time of expectation when she longs for the arrival of the heavenly bridegroom who came to earth over 2,000 years ago and remains with us through his sacred ministers. As St. Paul reminds us today, thus let a man regard us as ministers of Christ and dispensers of the mysteries of God. So many centuries have passed since the institution of this fourth Sunday of Advent, and the Church's practice has so greatly changed in recent generations that it is easy to forget why this epistle is read today. For countless centuries, today was a joyful occasion for many young men. For today is the Sunday after Ember Saturday, the day traditionally reserved for priestly ordinations. After being ordained yesterday, the new priests would celebrate their first Mass today and be reminded by the Apostle that they are ministers of Christ and dispensers of the mysteries of God, that they are ordained to administer the sacraments, to celebrate the mystery of Christ's incarnation and redemption, and bring that mystery to all other members of his mystical body. On Friday, we began our preparation for Christmas with the great O Antiphons. Last night at Vespers, the Church sang, O Adonai, leader of the house of Israel, who didst appear to Moses in the fire of the flaming bush and gavest him the law on Sinai, come and redeem us by thy outstretched arm. And this evening we shall hear, O Root of Jesse, who standest as a sign for the people, before whom the kings keep silence, and unto whom the Gentiles shall make supplication. Come and deliver us, and tarry not. What is this sign? What is this root, this tree, this arm that reaches out to us? An arm of force that compels the submission of men? No, it is an arm of frail humanity the tiny arm of a newborn babe whose smiling eyes and round little fingers say to us, this virgin mother has given me human life and I have come to give you eternal life. It is the outstretched arm of a priest, high priest from the moment of his conception, a new kind of priest who will offer himself in sacrifice stretching out his arms upon the tree of the cross and calling frail men to take part in this eternal high priesthood. In times of persecution, it is especially priestly ordination that is taken away from the people. Sometimes this is due to the wickedness of men outside the church, and sometimes it has been a result of the sins of those within. No priest 
from parish vicar to pope, has been ordained for himself. He has not received the laying on of hands for his own exaltation, for the promotion of his own fancies or ideologies, but for the salvation of others. We know that God will judge each priest on one thing alone on the day of his particular judgment. Has he been a faithful minister of Christ and dispenser of the mysteries of God? The glaring failures of priests and the hierarchy in this regard may be plain enough to us, but God alone knows the heart of each of his priests. And therefore, as the Apostle warns us today, judge not before the time until the Lord come, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of hearts, and then shall every man have his praise from God. As we prepare for the solemn celebration of our Lord's Nativity, let us not forget to pray for all priests, past, present, and future, those who have brought us into the Church, those who have blessed our future families, those who, with outstretched arm, have given us the author of life and our salvation. Amen.